Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey guys, so what is Thrivehood, you might ask? Well, that's a good question. I'd say it's a relevant life roadmap for young men out there who want to thrive as they're maturing boldly into manhood. From the very serious to the silly, I chat about a wide variety of relatable topics that both challenge and motivate you to do what needs to be done now so you can become who you want to be later. I'm Tim Williams, and this is Thrivehood. Michael Huber is a mental performance coach. He also is the creator and the host of the Freshman Foundation podcast. And he also has a website, michaelvhuber.com. You might want to check that out. If you guys are interested in the mental health aspect and maybe gaining an advantage from a mental perspective, if you're into sports, and this is for both guys and girls, I would highly recommend reaching out to this guy. He knows his stuff, and it's a very unique approach. We so often talk about the physical aspect of building up and getting ready to perform from a sports perspective, but there's not a whole lot from a mental perspective that's really ever discussed. Well, this guy knows all about it. Hey, Mike, thanks again. Uh, It was an opportunity to get to talk to you a few minutes before we had our interview, and Uh, The more that I find out about you and the conversation we had and the back and forth we did, I am very, very intrigued with the podcast you're doing. And before I get ahead of myself, let's start with obviously the very basic question. Who are you? What do you do? What are you about? And then we'll move into the podcast. Sure. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Um, I love, love getting to know people and talk to them and tell them more about what I'm doing. So I'd say first and foremost, I'm a father. Um, I have two children myself. I have a 13 year old boy and an 11 year old daughter. So that, that comes first. Uh, and I'm a single father. So, um, that's a big part of my life, you know, taking care of my children and making sure that they're, uh, you know, they're thriving and succeeding in life. Uh, but I'm also a certified mental performance consultant. So my work is with young athletes. So I help them with the mental and emotional, emotional elements of sport, uh, and helping to sort of grow and develop in that way where, you know, a lot of the the athletes that I see, you know, my, my kids included, I think are, are so focused on the physical side of things and, and the, uh, the mechanical side of things are not really thinking about, uh, all of the mental and emotional challenges that come with being an athlete. Uh, what did, a mental, what'd you say? A certified mental performance consultant. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a mouthful. <laughs> so I, I'm all, I was getting ready to ask you about the podcast, but I got to stop now. We need to, you know, time out, right? Uh, okay. Sports lingo. What is that? How did you get that? Is that, do you go to school? Like to kind of, yes. let's dive into that a second. Absolutely. So I have a master's degree in sports psychology. The accreditation or the certification is through the Association of Applied Sports Psychology, which is the foremost governing body in the U.S. for sports psychology professionals. So I'm I'm a performance, mental performance um, consultant, which which means basically that I only work in the athletic performance space. I don't do clinical um, type work. So I'm not I'm not you know um, I don't have the capability of of diagnosing and uh, treating mental illness, but I can recognize it and refer out. So that's sort of the distinction. Um, but most of the people I are in my field are helping athletes at all levels, sort of with the mental game, if you will. Okay. Continuing down this, this bunny trail here, what prompted you to say, Hey, this is something that I want to get into. Sure. So it's my second career, which I think is probably the most important part of the conversation. I worked in business for almost 20 years and after about 15 years or so in my, in my prior life, I just started to question why I was doing what I was doing. It really wasn't giving me the kind of feedback and fulfillment that I wanted. And, you know, for all the time and energy that I was putting into it, it was sort of like, well, what's the point? Yeah. Um, but obviously with a 20 year career comes progress and income and all the things that people typically work for. And that was certainly a barrier to exit from that field into a new one. But eventually I started to think more consciously about what I wanted to do with my life um, when I grew up. Right. And um, you know, it was always, I always was, I mean, it was a big into sports as a kid. I was athlete through high school. I always wanted to do something in sports and that, that sort of got me thinking. And between the, you know, the idea that I wanted to work in sports and I started, I wanted to do something that we were like, we were talking about before, we started recording, you know, I wanted to help other people. That was sort of the confluence of the two things. And as I was researching it, I worked with a career coach and I didn't know what I wanted to do when I started working with the career coach. It was more like figuring out what was the right fit for me and not only what the right fit for me was, but also how was I going to go about transitioning out <clears throat> of, of, of a career in which I had 20 years of, you know, uh, equity into. And um, that process was invaluable. I mean, it was took time and effort and money, um, but it was worth it. And eventually by the end of it, it was like, okay, I'm going to go back to school and get my, my master's degree. And the rest is history, at least to this point. Yeah, I, I can, I can relate to that. And I know I, I can say too, I've spoken to a number of gentlemen and men that they've summing up a little bit of what you said. And there's a book I read, I can't remember where I read it, but then they made a comment. They said the first first half of your life is prosperity. And then the second half of your life is purpose. And I think, you know, you're, you're touching on, so I was the same way. I was the same way. I'm like, you know, uh, I've amassed some, some good fortune, but you know, now what do I do? So, yeah. okay, great segue. Let's talk a little bit about the podcast. I want to, I want to take this maybe in, in stages before we get into really the name and what you're doing. Can you Tell us a little bit about, and I, and I, I'm, I cheated because I listened to one of your episodes in December and take us from the moment that you, you realized that you wanted to do uh, the, the mental preparedness element and aspect mm -hmm. for 
young men out there to getting to the podcast. And then we'll jump into the name and what you're doing and all that. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for listening. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, you know, it's getting into the podcast was total happenstance. I, I am a big podcast consumer, so I love the format, particularly long form podcasts, like the long sort of one plus hour interviews. So like that sort of, I don't know why I do, but I just love the depth and like somebody approached me sometime, I would say um, late 2020, I was just cold called, if you want to call it that a marketing agency, you know, like, Oh, we see what you're doing. And like, you know, would you be interested in doing a podcast? And I was like, I never thought about this, you know? Um, but I'm like, tell me more. And they pitched me on it and I was like, okay, like I'll do it. And that's how I got started. And so the idea, you know, to be honest with you, like I was working in a high school and, um, high school kids, I was in my training, I was interning in high school and I started to work with during COVID. I was working with young high school men, uh, many of whom were getting ready to go on to college and their, their last year of, of school was becoming, you know, it was basically being jeopardized, you know, obliterated in some ways, you know, by COVID. And I was like, well, what's going to happen when and I started to think like, what's going to happen when these kids leave high school and go on to college? Like, what's that going to look like? And that was really the genesis of it. So like the podcast part of it was like, I'd never thought about it, got a pitch to me and I, I went on a whim and I tried it. Um, the idea was definitely based on some of the experiences I was having in my work about, you know, what's going to happen when, when some of these kids that I'm working with move on and, and go to a, you know, a different level and they move away from home and they're away from their families. And, you know, it's just a different level of competition, all those things factor in. So that that's what made me curious about it. Yeah. I, I'm not telling you, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I, I think this is, you know, I've, and I've just now started getting into the fundamentals of football. My son, he's 16. He's mm -hmm. going to, into his second year of football and we can already see the commitment level, right? There is an enormous amount of commitment. And I, I don't know that I've really met anybody or really had any discussions about the mental aspect of that. And you can't tell me there is an impact from a mental perspective. There, there has to be. So Great segue. Thanks for setting me up, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk about the podcast. What is it? What uh, sort of what's your elevator pitch? And then just just sort of tell us a little bit about it, who your guests, you know, maybe even talk a little bit about. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just let's just leave it at there. Sure. Just, sure. The name of the podcast is the Freshman Foundation. So that name just kind of hit me, you know, one of those lightning bolt moments, like I was thinking about like, What's the premise of the podcast? The premise of the podcast is really helping high school student athletes and their families. And I guess at some level, the coaches, but I think their secondary audience understand the transition from high school to college athletics and getting into it. I definitely did not claim to be an expert. It was more from the perspective of, I want to understand this more. And the way to do that is to ask people questions. Yeah. So it was more born out of a curiosity than me being like, I know everything about this because I was far from an expert. So, you know, the thinking was bringing on athletes and coaches and other experts and parents to talk about their experiences, like whether, you know, what their experiences were when they were in the athlete's shoes, some of them, 
some it's asking the coaches and the people who are working in current in the present day, like what they're experiencing, what are some of the issues that they see? How can we help them better, you know, before they get there? So it's really an exploration of that transition because in some ways, you know, to sort of, you know, tie it back to what you're talking about, it's really, it's, it's about athletics is the context, but at the end of the day, it's really about that sort of journey into manhood, right. Or journey into womanhood about, you know, what are we doing to get ready when we get thrown into a new situation that we think we're prepared for, but we're not really prepared for. And, and I'm fascinated by that because I know how much my college transition was difficult for me. And if I reflect back on it almost 30 years ago, how homesick I was, how confused I was, how, you know, how hard it was to learn how to, you know, be self-sufficient, you know, and then you throw in athletics and, and now it's a big business. So, you know, what's that like? And so I'm just super curious about it. And that's, that's how I, that's how I, you know, sort of went down that rabbit hole and I, it's hard for me to pull myself out of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. It's so interesting. Just even talking to you just a few minutes, we've talked and it was, we were talking prior to doing the recording, we were talking about how we were both at a place where like, I want to help people, but I don't know what that means or what that looks like. And then you're talking about, you know, you're not necessarily the expert, although if you've got a master's, I would say you are, but uh, I I appreciate your humility, but you, you know, you sort of said, I want to learn by hearing from others. It's the same process and the same thing. The, 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 the foundation of both of our podcasts are very similar in that regard. So I want to maybe dive into a little bit about some of the guests you've had. And maybe I know you've had, you know, you've, you've got, you know, what, 30 or 40 episodes. So I know you yeah, can't 33. go each one. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Congratulations, by the Thank way. Thank you. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice. lot of work. You know, you know that, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Trust me. As we can tell from last week, trying to do this thing. So that's a, that's a location joke, people. You'll we'll explain it later. But so. Maybe talk about, I'm thinking, as I'm thinking about my question, maybe it's a two-parter or maybe it's one, I'll let you decide. What I was going to ask you was maybe talk about a couple of guests that you've had that, uh, that you really enjoyed, uh, or maybe you, what some of the takeaways that you were like, wow, this is something, maybe a little bit of some tidbits that you could give my young men here, uh, as, as they're, as maybe they're looking at going into athletics and moving on. Sure. I I think there's a couple of things, a couple of themes that really kind of have stuck with me from the beginning. And my, my second episode was with the head of mental conditioning at IMG Academy, which if you're not familiar, IMG Academy is like the foremost sports Academy based high school in the U S. So they get kids from all over the country coming in and, you know, they're coming in with the the purpose of, you know, competing at a higher level, but they're doing it in like a college style campus. And their head of mental conditioning is a woman by the name of Lindsay Hamilton, who's fantastic. And she's in my field and she just is so good at what she does. And I asked her like, what do the most successful student athletes have? What's, what's the attribute that they have that let lets them go on to college and be really successful. And the answer that she gave was resourcefulness, which, you know, I kind of know what that means, but I, 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 you know, and asking her like, what does that mean to you? It's really about figuring out where to get help. Right. And I think if we think about humans in general, but particularly young people, there's this real, um, 
challenge, I think, asking for help, whether it's, you know, pride or um, just this sort of perception that they people, you know, the young people don't want to be seen as incompetent or they can't handle something. They try to do things on their own. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my premises coming into the podcast or or in my work is like, you know, asking for help is a skill and, you know, knowing where to get it is one thing, but then going and getting it is another. And I think Mm -hmm. if we can prepare young people with that and at least plant that seed of like help is there and you have a choice to go get it or not, you know, and, and, and that dictates whether or not you're going to be successful to a certain extent. I think that's a huge upgrade over the baseline, which is to say, like, I'm going to do this all by myself. And I think the other piece, which always comes up is sort of this big fish in a small pond um, kind of concept of when I'm in high school, I'm a superstar. I wouldn't be going on to college if I wasn't really good at what I did. And then kids get to college and it's like, I'm just like everybody else. Yeah. And there's this sort of ego blow. There's an identity crisis. Like, who am I? Like, I'm not who I thought I was because I'm not as good as I was in high school. And that comes up all the time for me in my work. And it's come up a lot of, a lot in my conversations with, particularly with mental performance people um, in at the college level. So I've had a couple of college level mental performance uh, coaches come on one from University of Louisville, who's Vanessa Shannon. Awesome. She was at IMG with Lindsay. That's how I got connected. Um, and then Josie Nicholson, who's at Ole Miss, both are were really adamant about that idea of they, they see a lot of kids come in and they're just, they're so used to being successful. And now it's like, well, what about now? What about me? Like, I'm not as good as I used to be. What do I do? And, and I think that's where the mental piece comes in, you know, of like, how can I be resilient or how can I take take the long view of this, like, Hey, I want to get better versus I want to compare myself to other people. Because if I do that coming in the door, I'm probably going to make things really hard for myself because there's no sense in comparing, but they, but that's the natural, natural instinct. Yeah. You, you, you hit on something I've talked to my son about some already. And that is you hear a lot of people say that you, you, you compare yourself to your own performance and he asked me once, he says, well, yeah, but like when there's a lot of people better than you, what do you do? I said, well, that you can, you can, you can, it's, it's worth realizing that and maybe even a- analyzing that. But the, the goal for you is to be better today than you were yesterday and then be better the next day than you were. And, you know, it's a ladder. You got to keep moving. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't just, you can't, if you stay stagnant, you're, you're it's the same thing as going backwards. And yeah. so I, I love that concept about. And we, the other thing too, you were mentioning, I had talked to him a little bit about like, yeah, you said, a, you said a big fish in a small pond. I was like, well, do you want to be, you know, when you're, when you're going out there and you're trying to get a scholarship somewhere and, and, and maybe you get a, you know, uh, it'd be awesome if you got a D one offer. Right. And then uh, maybe from, you know, Alabama, that'd be, oh, that'd be awesome. Right. Then, you get, then you get an offer from maybe a D two or even maybe a D three. And then you have to think about that and go, well, will I be lost when I go to Alabama or will I be possibly a starter by year two when I go to a D3 school? And everybody's got their own objectives and their plans. But I love what you're saying is you you, you got to be exactly what you said. You got to realize what you're walking into. You also hit on a really important concept that I did not um, identify in that last answer, but that comes up a lot, too, which is when they're thinking about college selection, it's about fit. 
right? What, do, what does that mean? It's basically yeah. what you just described, right? Like, why am I picking this school, right? Is it because they have a great athletics program or do they have the major that I want? Or do I want to go to a big school or a small school? Because 99% of the kids that go to college at, at regardless of level are going to move on after they're done, right? You have to live in a, in an environment for four years at a school, if you're only going there for athletics and that's the only lens you're looking at it through, there's all these things that are going to happen. Am I going to be happy? Am I going to get lost? You know, what's the end goal, which might be, Hey, I want to play because I love it. But the end goal is to be an accountant or a doctor or a lawyer. Right. So even though I can go to Alabama, should I go to Alabama? And I think that that's really hard, particularly for the boys, right. For the men, because there's so much ego and the world we live in, there's social media. And I want to go to this place to show that I'm as good or better than, which kind of ties back to what you were saying about your son. There's so many different elements to motivation, right? And it's not to say that we shouldn't measure ourselves against other people, but then the question is, what do we do with it? Why are we measuring ourselves versus that person? Because if I want to get better and I want to, I want to measure myself versus that person, I can use it as motivation, but I can't judge it based on results because he's a totally different person. Right. I have to judge it based on what I'm doing. If I want to get to that level, what am I doing each day that I can control to get better relative to that person? And I think that that's the hardest part with young people is they judge themselves so much based on results and not enough based on like, Hey, I'm really working hard at this. And yeah, it's going a little slower than I want it to, but look what I've done. Look at all the days I've worked out. Look at all the, all the, you know, all the training I've done, all the, the film study I've done, all, you know, all this stuff, they don't give themselves credit for the work. They, they only look at the results and that's debilitating sometimes because you don't control playing decisions. Sometimes you don't control injuries. You know, there's just things you can't control. And if you're focused on that, you're going to, you know, on the things you can't control, it's going to create anxiety. And basically that's the, the gist of what I do is helping them understand what they can and can't control and how they can shift their thinking so that it's towards growth and development. It's a longer term process and there's more logical thinking in the process of like, oh, well, I wouldn't be on this team if I wasn't good. Now, am I better than Mary or Tommy? That's the coach's opinion, but I'm here. And there's a reason why I'm here. So like, I got to give myself some credit and using that evidence to sort of re um, reframe their thinking, if you will, Re- reframing is sort of a sports psychology term or a psychology term. And, you know, that's, that's my job is to help them have a more sustainable athletic career for as long as it lasts. And I think the real benefit of what I do, Tim, is, is that, it really is in the athletic, it's in the athletic context, but the benefit of the coaching extends well into adulthood. And I think that's what's been really impressive for me is that we're start I'm I'm seeing parents who are much more attuned to that. Yes, I want my child to be a good athlete. Yes, I want them to reach their athletic potential, but I know the benefits of what they're gonna do with you extent will extend way beyond, you know, high school and college. They're gonna learn life skills that are going to allow them to thrive. And that is the most satisfying thing is I think that's, that's the greatest value in what I do. But if I present that as the value proposition in sort of a general context, it gets a little bit harder. 
Yeah. Right. Because there's yeah. a lot of ways to do that. Celebrating development. That was a key yeah. thing you said when you were talking about that. I was even relating that to, you know, when I, when I work, uh, I, I don't, you know, I get celebrated once a year on a piece of paper that tells me uh, everything that I've done wrong. <laughs> and then I remember I might, those days. <laughs> yeah, right. and, then, and then I might get a raise out of it of, you know, 3% or whatever. Uh, but yeah. it's interesting what you said, celebrating the develop, celebrating the process. I, uh, yes. my brother-in-law, um, yeah, Don, he's a, he's a great guy. He's just a fantastic guy. And he has a mantra that always says, we don't celebrate the wins often enough and yeah. as extensive as, as enough as we should, if I can get, get my words out. So I like the concept of when we've had incremental uh, development and growth, we need to celebrate that. We need to tell somebody, we need to go get, go out and go have a dinner on it or whatever. You know, I love that. So that, that's great. That's great. And the irony of it, Tim, is I'm terrible at that. I personally am awful. Like, no, so, so, but, Sorry. I, but I'm, no, but I'm a very process oriented person at this point in my life. So like I, you know, I've heard people use sort of the analogy or the metaphor of seeding, right? I'm a great seeder. Like I, I wake up every day. I'm like, what do I need to do to grow this business? And, you know, but there are some days where I'm like, what, why am I doing this? Like I'm working, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff and nothing's coming back at me. Right. And mm -hmm. that applies to all of us. Right. We're not getting the feedback we need. Yeah. Then I get a win and I'm like, okay. And I just keep going. Like, mm -hmm. I don't stop and be like, man, this is awesome. Like, I'm just like, yeah. Okay. And like, I think that that's, but that's to my detriment because then it's like you treat the wins like anything else. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, well, you know, you've been working for this, like give yourself some credit. Right. And so we all have that, you know, hurdle that, that wall to climb about like, you know, Hey, you know what? It's good. Like I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I did this today and it was awesome. And I should give myself credit for it and, and celebrate it to your point. And, you know, I'm very good at helping other people with that uh, and seeing that in other people. And, and sometimes I'm not as good seeing it in myself. So I'm a big believer in coaching, which, you know, if I didn't believe that, then, <laughs> then I'd be a hypocrite, but I am right. for that no, reason. I, I think other we're all there to help. I think we're all that way. I really do. It's just, it's, it, that isn't me preaching from a pedestal. That's, you know, yeah. I've, I've That's had, true. have times where I've had to do that. And uh, my wife's had to slap me and say, come on, man, let's enjoy yeah. it. So, okay. So I want to, I've got, I guess I've got really two more questions um, for you and we can wrap this up. The next one has to do with, Maybe if you could, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Sure. If there is a success story, maybe if there's somebody, someone, a parent, a, a young man, a, I don't know, a, a guardian, anybody, a coach, somebody that here's your opportunity to toot your own horn. And I want you to, that maybe that you have given some input in and you've gotten some response back to say, Hey, uh, Mike, thanks, man. Or that was helpful. Or, or maybe you, Maybe it was indirectly someone told someone told someone and you found out that, hey, this guy was listening or or whatever. Maybe maybe it isn't even through the podcast. Maybe it's just maybe you've had some some direct interaction with somebody. Do you have any like a success, a success story of, in, of any sort? Um. Well, first, let me say, you know, whenever I get an expression of gratitude or recognition from an athlete or their parents, um, it's really special. Uh, and I don't do it for that, right? Like I don't do it for that. 
in the sense that like, I can't expect that people are going to like the work that I do. Uh, I do the best I can and, and, you know, I get paid to do it, which obviously we all do. Uh, but if somebody goes out of their way to thank me, like that's really special to me. But, but I would say my very first, like really my first, one of my first clients who I started working with when I was interning uh, is now uh, a division one college baseball player. And we went through a lot together. I mean, he was sort of like one of my first clients and he was, he's super talented. Um, and I just helped him come up with some things like, like the strategies that he still uses to this day that I know have helped him mm. and I've seen him use them firsthand. And that is very rewarding to me to know that I could come up with something that somebody can use and take with them to help them get to where they want to go. But then he went off to college, which is a couple of years ago now. And uh, he was a COVID baby. If you want to call it that, like he had a, <laughs> a, a suspended senior year and we worked yeah. a lot on mental game stuff while he was, while there was no season because I knew he was getting ready to go. He was really sort of the hypothesis for the podcast. So he went off to college the first year and it was, you know, as far as I know, based upon his account and what he's told me, and it's not like we talk all the time, but he, we talked at some point during his freshman year and he was just like, and he was on the podcast. He, he was like, you know, this does not go in the way that I expected it to, you know, that I didn't, he didn't play as much. He didn't perform the way he wanted to, you know, and, and he, I, he ended up getting injured. It was just sort of like the perfect storm of like, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. And I remember talking to him that I said, listen, what's the goal? And the goal is I want to go to the major leagues. I said, you can for a lot of reasons. I know you can. I know you as a person, you have it in you. I know how much you love baseball. I've seen him play. I know the kid's talented. Like there's no question about it. You know, there's, you know, he's, if he does what he needs to do, he's going to give himself a shot. And I said, are you going to judge yourself based on this one year? Or are you going to judge yourself based on where it ends? Right. Yeah, And I yes. think that was sort of, I don't know what he did with that conversation, but I feel like knowing him and having worked with him for a few years that he took it to heart. And now the second year he's pitching lights out. Mm. Like I'm, I'm following That's him great. from afar. I watch him. Yeah. I, I follow his, I watch his games. It's like having a kid, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. how's he doing? You know, how's he doing? And, 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 you know, and he's pitching great. And it makes me feel good that he was able to bounce back from those things that made him feel so crappy and come back and say, you know what, I'm going to stick with the plan. You know, I'm going to stick to the process. I know that I can do this. That to me is the most rewarding thing. I have another client who's a female. My, and, uh, most of my client are, are clients are boys, you know, anywhere from nine, 10 up to, you know, high school, college age. I have two females and one of them is the same thing. She's a college athlete. And I saw her run. She's a track athlete. Saw her run last weekend, as a matter of fact, and she's going through a lot of the same things he was. And I saw her run and she ran her best race of the season. And, you know, the smile on her face after the race. And I, and she didn't know I was coming. I showed up, it was local and she gave me a hug and she's like, Oh, this is great. I ran great. And it wasn't her best race ever it was her best race of the season. She saw the improvement and like the smile came back to her face. And I was like, that's why I do this. Yes. Right. To know yeah. that you can work through the hard stuff and it's going to be a process. You're not, you're not going to run, you know, every time, but you're getting better and you know that you can run even better than that. If you just keep with it, you're going to get there. And to be a part of that, like just a small part of that is really, really rewarding. I love my work. I love my work. I love working with young people. 
you know, it's, there's just so much hope in it. And uh, it, it helps me, you know, it helps me be a better father, better man. You know, it's not, it's not about money or status or whatever. It's just about helping the kids. Yeah. I, I can tell the passions there. There's no, uh, <laughs> there's no denying that if you're, if you're wondering and you need some feedback, you, you got the passion. Mike. <laughs> you're, you're fine I've, heard there. That, I've heard that before. <laughs> so a final question for you, and it, it sort of rides on the heel of what you were talking about. I understand, and um, I would assume the young men listening to this understand, mental health, mental preparedness, whatever you want to call it, there are a number of buckets that that, that entails. It's not just mm-hmm. one, you know, be strong. All right, if you, if you do that, then you'll solve, you know, there's, you know that already more than I do. So maybe from perspective, and you can just pull out one of those buckets, maybe a, a word of of encouragement to my young men and my listeners as we finish this out, something that over the years you've experienced or you have heard a lot of, or maybe there's a theme, something you can share with my guys for a couple minutes that could be a really good takeaway as we close this out, Mike. I, I think from my own experiences, there's always a choice. So what do I mean by that? We choose the way that we react to something, which is call it our attitude. We choose, you know, how to deal with situations. And when I was in my teenage years, my choices were not very good because I either was making choices to be like other people, or I was making choices to keep to myself because I didn't want people to see the real me, or I didn't want to make a hard choice because even though I knew it might benefit me, I didn't want to stand out or I didn't want to look silly. And what I, what I would tell people is I tell my, the young people I work with, you always have a choice. If you don't make that, if you make the choice that is easier, that's okay. But understand there are consequences to it. Right. And I think that that's something I talk about all the time. Like people talk to young people. This is my experience and just maybe seeing it in coaches or seeing it in teachers, people talk to young people like, there's one right, right answer and a bunch of wrong ones. And I tell them that's not it. There's a bunch of good answers and there's some really crappy ones. They all have a consequence. And as long as you can live with the consequence, and if you see that you made a bad choice, like what's the next choice you're going to make. And I think that that's goes a long way to letting young people feel like, Hey, like, cause there's so much perfectionism in my work. Like the, what I say, that's like sort of the under, the, the, like sort of the epidemic is perfectionism at some level. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to look stupid. So I don't take risks because I don't want anybody to see that I'm not good. The irony is, is that when, when we don't take those risks and we don't put ourselves out on a limb, we're just mediocre a lot of the time. You know, I, I think I want to let them know that it's okay to take those risks and make those choices and be okay with it. And if it doesn't go the way you want it to, there's always the next choice, right? And so there's this absolutism in this world that I just don't think is fair. And I lived that way when I was that age. Like, I have to do this. I have to do that, right? Excuse me, this is wrong. And I just don't believe that, you know? And and uh, I think it, it, may, it puts young people at ease to know that they can go, you know, take some ownership uh, and agency in their lives and, and it can be okay. And, and that, I think, is really rewarding for me. This podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed by guests are not necessarily those of the host. 
Please seek the advice of a trusted adult or qualified professional on matters specific to your needs. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.